This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 130 of the Laravel News Podcast. Make sure you stick around. We have some pretty cool news about a brand new course that is new to the community surrounding one of our very favorite first class packages, Laravel Nova. We love Laravel Nova, don't we? It's the best. We also love David Hemphill. We do. Makes life so much easier. We love you, David. And all your keyboard goodness. Have you seen all the stuff he's been talking about recently with the keyboard stuff? He's He's gone keyboard crazy. It's, it's crazy. Yep. Crazy keys. There's all these keys and keycaps and 1,500 different boards that he's constructed. I think, look, if it wasn't for this pandemic, I think we'd all be on a plane and we'd have to <laughs> yeah, stage an intervention. Good, he's yeah, out of, he is, out of control. He's awesome. Yeah, he's got some, I don't know. He's got some really cool keyboards. I wish I wish I had some of his keyboards. Who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe he'll, uh, you know. I don't know. The, the only the only keyboard you've I know, got, you've managed to... Up. Dude, I really nerf, did. So. Like, I've got uh, an Ann Pro. And the only reason I bought it, like I finally bought a mechanical keyboard because it was Bluetooth and I could get away with no wires and everything. Do you remember that mm-hmm. whole debacle? You were like, dude, it's a mechanical... Just It sits on your desk. Yes. Just plug the thing in, right? It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Like how often are you carrying around totally. a, a three-pound keyboard? So, Seriously. Anyway, I ignored all your warnings and advice and decided to go my own way and have been paying for it ever since so yeah having said that my uh keychron k1 which is a it's a 10 keyless one which i'm still really still That's not funny. used to after all these months but um it is bluetooth yeah, and I it works him, quite well yeah i remember I'm you saying that, that you really enjoyed that keyboard so you know i haven't had a 10 key for quite a while mm. uh so it's not too big of a deal for me but yeah, yeah i like the little keyboards i use my magic my magic keyboard, my little Mac magic keyboard one. Because that was before they had the the big ones, you know, the mm-hmm. big 10 key wireless ones. But now they got those. So right. I remember yeah, when yeah. I first started switching over, it was very difficult too because I was so used to that 10 key. It's so nice. But now it feels like... You just go there yeah, to hit it and it's Adam not there. Adam saying one time, he was like, like, what is wrong with you people who are like 10 keys? Like, what are you like just moving your hand all over your desk all day? I don't know. He was very particular about it for a while there. Anyway, I digress, folks. I'm so sorry. We're we're going to jump yeah. into it here. Here we go. So we've got some releases, some news packages, no tutorials today, although I suppose some of our package stuff could be considered tutorials. We're just going to consider them packages today. So let's get right into it. Laravel 8.10. So the Laravel team released 8.10 this week with job chains within batches, database uh, upserts, they're calling them, which is interesting. And the latest new features, fixes, and changes for the 8.x branch. So let's talk about job chains in batches. So batches is sort of this new thing that's been introduced in Laravel 8, which is really cool. Uh, one of the things I really enjoy about that is you actually have that built in in Horizon. So if you use Horizon, as, um, which is a package for monitoring your queued jobs and those sorts of things, uh, you can see any of your batches that are being done. So you can uh, batch a bunch of jobs together and then you can check the status of that batch and see how far it is uh, as far as its completion and, and whatnot. So Kevin Yulat, uh, is that right? Yulat uh, contributed job chaining within batches. So now you can add chaining by passing a sub array of job classes 
like uh, if you had bus a batch and then you'd say new test. Uh, why do I do this? Why do I always do this to myself? I don't know why I do this to myself. Read This code isn't going to make sense if I try and read it too. In any case, you can use job chaining within batches now. So you can dispatch a job and once that job completes successfully, you can then pass a second uh, as, a, as the next argument, essentially like or all within the same argument. What is it? Like it's a nested array, right? So you have like a top level job and then a nested yes. array underneath that, which is a list of jobs that will only run if that one completes and those ones will all, co- will all run together. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. In any case, if that's mm-hmm. something you're interested in, I'm raising my hand, I am. You should definitely check that out in the show notes. There's also this add is method to model relationships. So uh, Sebastian Nicolau contributed the is and is not methods to eloquent relations without an extra query. So you can say author is user or author is not user. And what that would have done previous to this pull request is it would have used an extra query to fetch that user model from the author relationship. And now it will do it without that. Uh, That's excellent. Saves a little query there. Mm -hmm. The only thing you have to add is a little set of params to make that post author relationship there. You actually have to use the uh, parents to actually call the method, not to use the magic. You're running, yeah, Yeah, you're running a query, correct? Rather than so the I think the the crux of this one is if the author relationship wasn't loaded, obviously Laravel would lazy load it for you, and then compare the IDs of the two models. Whereas now, if you call it on the query builder, so author with the parentheses to get the underlying query builder instance and then pass it is it would do a comparison in the database so it would run the query for you directly so if you don't if you don't care what the the value is and you, and you don't need to retrieve it and use it then you can use this on the query builder which is a more efficient nice. way of going about it we also have this upsert to eloquent and query builder uh, so paris malhotra contributed Upserting records. This is uh, used to bulk insert records and also to update those with duplicate keys. So the primary key being the same, it will duplicate, I'm sorry, it will update those that have the keys that are specified there in your list of arguments. So the first argument is the data to be inserted or updated. And then the second argument is the column that uniquely identifies a given record. So you can use this with the database class, or you can use it directly with a model as well. And you actually will call the method upsert. Uh, again, there is a, a example in the uh, in the blog post here, but this looks really cool. I feel like I've written like this method myself before, right? It's I feel like this is something that I've had to do because it hasn't been mm. in the core previously. But I feel like I've done something like this. Uh, but now yeah. it's just it's a yeah. Previously, we've had like right update or create which would you know it would query the data see if it's there and then update it if it had to whereas this one if you were to specify the unique constraint in your table or in your query then it would say that this would de- delegate it to the database so the database will actually handle that update or create so if it it detects a collision on that unique key it will then update the record otherwise it will insert cool. a new record yeah that's awesome nice job paris thank you we also have a new line method for console I.O. So Scott Carpenter contributed a new line method that you can use to output a blank line in your artisan console output. So this, is my, uh, this might be something that you would do uh, in a command that you would run if you wanted to output uh, information to the command line while your job is running. And if you wanted to have like parsing CSV file and then a blank line and then another piece of information to kind of just like break those pieces up. Because sometimes if they run all together, it can look a bit. It can be a little bit difficult to read. So 
you could mm-hmm. do before, you could say this get output new line, which would allow you to kind of do that. But now you can just say uh, this new line and you can actually specify a number in there as well, which will insert a number of blank lines. So that'll be cool. Makes your, uh, makes your output for your console stuff a little bit easier, which we all like. Love the easy. A can any method has been added for authorizable models. So Dennis Dulishi contributed a can any method to the authorizable trait that the user model currently supports. This allows the following, uh, similar to the blade feature with the same name. So you can say user can any, and then you can pass a list of permissions that will check to see if they can perform any of those permissions or have access to any of those gates, I suppose, right? Uh, so, so that's nice if you're checking for, mm-hmm. are they a admin or are they an editor or are they whatever, right? And you can check a list of things. And if, it, if they have permission to do any of those, can any, then it will, it will return true for you. We've got mail message when and in less methods. So Kuba, oh my gosh, dude. Szymanowski. <laughs> Kuba I think I've said this before. I used to have a buddy in high school whose name was Krzyzewski. K-R-Z-E-S-Z-E-W-S-K. It's Polish. It's a very Polish name. I mean, you can, yeah. you can spell yeah, it. Yeah, there was no He was Polish as well. But uh, I think so anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is a contributed new convenience method to the mail message class when you want to change the mail message conditionally. Uh, so this is interesting. So you'd say a new mail message and then you could say when and then you pass your conditional and then it will allow you to basically have a closure that will be passed if it matches true and then a closure that you'll get if it is false, right? And this is sort of like the collection method when you say like is empty and then you can pass a boolean and then you get two two different like mm-hmm. closures that you can use for like the first one is if it is empty the second one is if it isn't the same thing here as so you say when and then if the first one the first uh is the boolean that you want to evaluate the next thing is the closure that you get if it is true next one is the closure if you get if it's false so this is handy for if you want to change the mail message that you're going to be using conditionally based on some boolean so a lot of changes there for 810 uh, you can see the full list of new features and the updates uh, of course in the show notes and we'll have all of that for you jam-packed i mean as the laravel team gets bigger these releases just keep getting Big bigger and too it's pretty awesome not to mention all the extra community contributions sure. that we're seeing as well we're seeing a lot of stuff coming in from the community and we're starting to see a lot of contributions you know two three four contributions from individuals as well so good work to everyone who's who's putting in the work to get some new functionality Dude, I don't know if it's, to the framework i was gonna say i don't know if and it's just me note, you, i mean like you know oh. Taylor and the Laravel team are just like pouring gas on this thing, right? I mean, like it's just going faster. Like I find it mm-hmm. getting almost like I'm thankful for this podcast, honestly, because it helps me stay up. Like if if I didn't have this, it would be yeah. difficult like just to keep up with things. Like everything's moving so quickly now, you know, it's literally you have to be on mm-hmm. every day to know what's going on. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on, especially with, you know, Dries and Nuno and Muhammad and James and... Uh, there is someone who started recently. I know, I yeah, think Cranobone. Cranobone. Yeah. I think Moore. Moore is their name. I only know him as Cranobone. Um, He's so, a long yeah, time. Yeah, there's definitely a... I remember back talking with him in like IRC chat, like back in, way back. He used to help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely. And, you know, having everyone having their own piece to, to work on certainly makes it easier that, you know, rather than Taylor having to focus on all of the things... Taylor can focus on, you know, the the new and exciting stuff. You know, he's working on Jetstream at the moment. 
he still oversees all of the PRs, but then you've got Muhammad working on on Spark and you've got James working on Forge and you've got Dries managing all the open source things and you know, is in, in on uh, Vapor and then I think Krino, I'm going to call him yeah, Krino Bone right, until right. I find his actual name, is, is has been brought on to work entirely on on Nova. So helping out yeah. our friend Hemphill there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good to see that that dedication to all of those different bits and pieces from from within the team there. But, yeah, speaking of of all the releases and things like that, Laravel 8.11 was also released, bringing in some new job middleware, preserving eloquent collection types when calling fresh and latest features, fixes, and changes. But first up from Paris Malhotra, contributed a new job middleware that allows you to prevent overlapping of jobs. An example use case of this is where you want to stop double refunding of orders or processing jobs um, that are, you know, to, to basically avoid race conditions that, that two workers would pick up the same job or a job would fail and get tried again, even though that job didn't necessarily fail. Uh, if you were relying on a third party, for example, and, and the, you had a timeout, but then you got a response. So if you were doing a refund in this example and the, the HTTP request timed out for the refund, but the refund was still carried out on, on the remote party end, um, you wouldn't want to process that twice. So definitely check that out. There was some discussion on Twitter as well. Muhammad put a good blog post together talking about how you might do this kind of stuff in your application using atomic locks in, in Redis or things like that. So definitely check that out. I'll try and remember to put a link to that in the show notes. The other job or the other job middleware that Paris contributed was a rate limits jobs and rate limits jobs with Redis middleware in the queuing system uses the same rate limiter class that was introduced in Laravel 8. So you can do rate limiter 4 and you can say limit none or limit per hour by job and then you could um, say, you know, you can have one per hour for this user ID and things like that. And you can also reference the backup rate limiter in the job middleware definition. So um, definitely check that out for a more comprehensive explanation of, of that. There will be information in the queue middleware documentation which we'll have links to in the show notes. Caleb Pausio contributed an update to preserve eloquent collection types after calling fresh. The pull request did come with an example to illustrate this, where essentially previously if you had a user all and you were to call user fresh, it would return an instance of the Illuminate database eloquent collection, whereas um, if you were to then delete that user and call fresh again, you would get an instance of Illuminate support collection, so the underlying class. So this change uh, in in the framework, essentially, just make sure that that is consistent between the the fresh calls. So definitely check that out if you've if you've run into that issue. I think I may have bumped into this. I thought it was a live wireism when I was trying to call uh, or rehydrate a collection in a yeah. live wire component. So maybe if I update my version of the the framework, that will this is honestly um, this is but, why uh, it's so valuable to stay up to date. With the most recent version of Laravel, I'm not, I'm not saying like with every point release necessarily. I'm just saying like to be on Laravel eight, right? It's one of those things where mm-hmm. it's like you never know when a new feature is going to come up that you're like, oh my gosh, that solves the problem that I've been fighting with for the last however long. It's it yeah. happens all the time, all the time. The only the only problem with that is that you might see it as expected behavior, and so you would work around it in a lot of cases, and it. And this happens to me all the time, where I go, "Oh yeah, that's just how it works." And it, it, I don't, I don't stop and think, "That's not right," <laughs> and then yeah. try and go and get it fixed. And and the few times that I have tried to do that, I have found myself in a very big rabbit hole, trying to to fix things up. So the things that I think are simple are yeah. never as simple as they appear. So, yeah, definitely, 
staying up to date helps helps with these things. It may hinder you depending on if, as I said, you are relying on that uh, quote broken yeah, behavior. Like- so. Uh, but that is all for for eight eight dot eleven. So check that out. We'll have. I was going to say these job the middlewares for preventing overlapping jobs as well as rate limiting jobs. This is huge. This is mm-hmm. exactly what they, we've had. Man, I know we, there's a couple of problems we've been fighting for like weeks, and it doesn't always cause an issue. But it's like one of those things that's weird to track down because it feels like mm-hmm. we're getting jobs triggered multiple times. And it's like I think you've actually had something like this on your side before too, right? And it can be so freaking difficult to track those mm-hmm. down. Like it can be really hard. Yeah. And so these rate limiting jobs are a godsend. Like I'm I'm screenshotting this as you're talking about them and like, yes, yes, yes. Sending this to my dev, like, hey guy, this is yeah. what we need to do right here. Come come look at this. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It certainly helps you strip out some because you know, we've built this kind of stuff into our other, you know, our side projects. So we can strip that out and just use the the native laravel stuff and not have to worry about you know maintaining our own implementation of it which that you know the downside to having your own implementation is that it's not yes, battle tested exactly. and, and used at scale like things in the framework are which is why it's generally advisable to just use the things that are in the totally. framework as much as possible okay so speaking of before we move on to the news section we talked about a little bit earlier having a sponsor for the show today which is regarding a Nova course that has been released. So this is the very first premium Nova course. It is your ultimate course to demystify Laravel Nova from A to Z. This is coming from our friend Bruno Falco. Is it Falco? Falco? I don't know how to say with that A with a little squiggly over it. Bruno, you know who you are. No, I'm not sure. Bruno, you're the man. You know who you are. (laughs) This uh, course has... 51 videos. There's more than five hours of recording. It goes through everything from installation to advanced UI features creations. There is a new UI components chapter, which is in development, which actually goes through all the different uh, ins and outs of how you uh, can create your very own custom components within Laravel Nova. There is uh, as well, one of my favorite parts, resource testing. So how can you get your tests into your Nova application? Well, Bruno shows you how to do that. So right now you can get it for up to 40% off. Uh, We will have a special link in the show notes. If you go check that out, uh, you can get it for $96 right now. It's typically $160. You can get it for $96. It is endorsed by our wonderful friend and Nova co-creator, Mr. David Hemphill. And you should definitely check this out according to him. So definitely check out uh, this awesome new course by Bruno Falco, your ultimate course for demystifying Laravel Nova. It is at masteringnova.com. Check it out. Thanks, Bruno. Awesome. Okay, Beautiful. moving on to news. Let me grab that real fast. Composer. Composer. Oh, yeah. Composer up, Michael. 2 what you got? has now been released with performance improvements. You know what? Composer for the last couple of months for myself and evidently yes. a whole bunch of other people has just been randomly running into memory limits and timeouts and issues Absolutely. and things like that. And I had some reservations about using the the pre-release and the the early access versions of Composer version two, just you know, with work is probably the the most common. But I've also been away for six weeks on leave, so um, the last time I tried it, I had issues with Composer not behaving. However, today, today being yesterday at the time of this recording, and a few days ago, <laughs> by the time this hits your e holes for most of you, Composer version two was released with many changes and critically performance improvements. 
quoting from the announcement blog post by Jordi Borgiano, we overhauled pretty much everything from the protocol used between Composer and Packages.org to the dependency resolution, including downloading files in parallel using curl and constraint evaluation optimizations. This leads to massive improvements in terms of both speed and memory usage. The difference depends on your use case. So while I've seen reports of improvements of over 50% to both in some projects, I cannot put an exact number on it, but I'm sure you'll be positively surprised if you haven't tried Composer 2 yet. Can I just say, I don't know what an exact figure is, but it feels lightning fast. The dependency resolution is quicker. Installing things is quicker. It's much more deterministic. If you tell Composer to Composer update a specific package, it doesn't go and resolve your entire dependency tree. It only resolves that package. So it it flies. If I just want to update a specific package or I want to remove a specific package, I'm not sitting there waiting while Composer spins it wheels. And the parallelism is is important as well. A lot of us that were using version 1 because Composer didn't do parallel deploys had the Hirac Prestissimo package installed globally. The first thing you will notice after updating to Composer version 2 is that you'll get an error saying that it doesn't <laughs> work. So Composer global remove, Hirac slash Prestissimo, and then go again, and this thing will fly. Like, it is much quicker. Composer version 2's native parallelism is much quicker than what Hirac Prestissimo ever was. Not, sure, not sure. that's a knock on Prestissimo, but it is a, it's showing how much work the, the team has put into updating Composer. Um, Eric Barnes, who wrote this post, updated the, his local Composer version to the beta last week and can confirm it feels much faster than V1, as I said, and definitely uses less memory. So hopefully when I start doing Composer updates against some of my bigger projects at work when I return tomorrow, I won't see any of these errors. If you're on Composer self-update from 1.x, it will warn you that a new stable major version of Composer is available and you can update to version 2 by running Composer self-update dash dash 2. If you do run into any issues, it's pretty easy to go back. You can just compose yourself, update dash dash one, and it'll drop you back to the previous version. So definitely check that out if you're using Composer. As of as of now, Composer version one is effectively end of life. Interesting. So if Didn't you're still that. using that, don't expect yeah. support, don't expect updates. There's really, unless you're using loads of plugins for version one, then there's, there's no reason, I think. And as a PSA, I would say get onto version two now. All of those composer memory li- memory limit issues that that we've, you know, heaps of us have been yeah, bumping sure. into for the last couple of months, just stop. And just just the way that the whole thing works is so much quicker, so much more powerful. Um, and and kudos to Nils and and to Jordy and to anyone else that worked on the composer project and packages and all of that. You've you've done a tremendous job, and we thank you. Obviously, the PHP ecosystem wouldn't be today what it is without the work that you put no joke, into man. Composer. Um, and and anyone that, that is able, uh, Composer is uh, sponsorable on GitHub sponsors. So we'll have links to that in the show notes as well. Definitely support them in the work that they're doing because they're doing some fantastic work so true, work man. When they, when they sort of standardized that we were all going to be using Composer, and I know when Taylor kind of jumped on that bandwagon instead of using Sparks, which was from CodeIgniter, right? I think originally... Laravel was like a dependency injection container. Essentially, that was kind of like its origin, right? And I think it was originally like a Spark that you would install into CodeIgniter. And I know that I think CodeIgniter at one point decided like, hey, we're going to go Composer. And I know Taylor also, like when Laravel was in version 3, I think, and kind of had its own package. Mm. Version 4 came out was first, yeah. Version yeah. 3 had its own packaging system. Version 4 was sort of when we hit the mainstream with with PSR 0 and then, yeah. and then later PSR 4. And that really helped us to standardize the packaging approach. And 
you know, composed that came out of, I'm, I'm 99% sure it came out of the, the symphony ecosystem. So it was built there. Um, and it's, look, it's given it really the a new lease on life. And it, and it's just, it is a phenomenal piece of tooling for managing project dependencies. So, and if you're not using it, definitely check out getcomposer.org for some in, instructional information on, on why that's powerful. But at a high level, it, it helps you package up a PHP code that you can then ship between different applications. So if, you, if you're an agency, for example, and you write some piece of functionality that you think would be useful in multiple projects rather than the old copy-paste between projects that we, that we used to do, create a package, fling it up on, on packages or, or privately host it on, on GitHub or whatever, and then you can just pull it into your other projects anytime you need to. And then you, and now with Composer 2, if you ever need to update that individual package, you can do it. Even like so if you're using quicker. a vanilla so, PHP, yeah, can't, even can't if you're say using a vanilla PHP it. install, like if you're not using any sort of framework or something, the really nice thing about Composer is it's mm-hmm. so easy to pull in, really. You know, it's it's very, very simple to get started with using yeah. it in your project. So I love that about it too. You don't have to be using Laravel or Symfony or anything fancy. Like you can use Composer in any PHP project very, very simply. So they've done an excellent job with yeah. that. Thank you so much for for the work on that, folks. Appreciate it. Hey, speaking of Composer, uh, this is your reminder to update your Laravel installer. So at the end of this month, the old Laravel installer will stop working. It's not going to be like, it's not deprecated. It's just not working. It will not work anymore as the old installer servers will be taken offline. So uh, this is from Laravel PHP on Twitter. Reminder, we will be shutting down the old Laravel installer service at the end of the month. Please make sure your Laravel installer package that is globally installed on your machine is at version 4.0 or greater. And how do you install it, you might ask? You install it using, wait for it, Composer. So to see what version you have installed, go ahead and run Laravel-V in your console. If it's less than 4.0, you'll need to update. There's a tutorial on doing it, but typically all this requires is that you run Composer Global Require Laravel slash installer colon that arrow symbol there greater than, right? 4.0. Thank carrot. you. Carrot. Thank you. Carrot. I always forget what that's called. I never remember. I always want to say tilde and I'm like, no, it's not tilde. It's carrot. Yep. That's why you're That's a math correct. teacher, not a Yeah, it's like teacher. a power symbol, like in in like mathematic notation, I think. So anyway, mm-hmm. there you have it, folks. That's uh, your reminder for your Laravel installer. Talk to us about schedule work, my friend. Or you know what? What the heck? What am I talking about? That's not. That's not, not. You know what? We should not talk. Here's what we shouldn't talk about. The Laravel schedule work command, Valley Light, and YouTube Q&A. We shouldn't talk about that because we talked about that last time. No, because that, that was the previous podcast just, episode. Yep, and I just threw it in my notes. Hey, earlier you were talking about Taylor, by the way, and I had a little mm. dig, I was going to say. Not dig, really, but just kind of a funny comment. You were like, yeah, now that all the other guys are working on Laravel, Taylor has time too, and I was going to say, do snare drums. Right? Have you noticed that? Yeah. He was, uh, he was I guess, in, in yeah. the uh, marching band in high school, and he's looks like he keeps at it because I do not have He's one of the cool. I can't he, drum he was one of the cool as well as I used to anymore. School probably right. I mean, like the, the snare guys. I always wanted to be a <laughs> snare drummer. My my cousin was a snare drummer on the drum line, mm-hmm. whatever. I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. I never never did it, but that's uh, <laughs> admirable for sure. So he's he's getting some getting some time in. Oh I mean, yeah, it's been pretty fun to watch. Okay, on to packages, my friend. On to packages. Indeed. Let us talk about automatically providing an online version of your Laravel mailables. Wagon Wheel is a package by Sam Carr that provides an online version of your Laravel emails to your users. It uses Laravel's built-in signed URLs to create a URL for the online version, which is secured and makes it difficult to guess the URL. 
It works by adding the safer online viewing trait in any of your mailables. And then essentially, that is it. Just, yep. just use the trait. At the time of writing, you can customize the placement of the component in the email and message expiry time that determines how long Wagon Wheel should keep the online version. You can also publicize the package's views if you need to customize the look and feel. So by default, this will just put a little bar at the top of your mailable saying, can't view this email, view it in the browser. That's it. That's that. That yeah. is that if is you've the seen that before, that which all. I'm sure most of you have, if you've ever gotten like a mail from MailChimp or something like that, you'll get that little thing like, mm-hmm. can't view this in your email client, view it in the browser or something like that, right? Maybe if you've got some fun gifts or whatever that you've put in your email, you could uh, see them on in your browser instead of through your, through your email client. So it's pretty cool. All right, so enlighten your APIs with auto-generated documentation. So enlighten is a package by Duilio Palacios and Jeff Ocha that automatically documents your Laravel APIs. So there's no need to add endless doc blocks to each API method. Maintain dozens of readme files or write extensive wikis to keep your APIs documented and then sync with your code base. Instead, use enlighten. This is uh, will use your Laravel applications with a beautifully documented, generated automatically from your test suite. By doing so, your documentation is always up to date with the current version of your app, which is much appreciated. So uh, it provides a really clean dashboard. You mm-hmm. can take a look at that in the in the blog post uh, with helpful documentation about the requests, including session data, inputs, headers, response preview, et cetera, et cetera. Under the hood, Enlighten uses a separate database to actually generate results after running your test suite. So it ensures your documentation is always up to date. Uh, like I said, instead of having to rely on like comments or things like that. So you can learn more about the package, get full installation mm-hmm. instructions and view the source code on GitHub at stydenet, stydenet slash enlighten. Cool one. Awesome. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely keen to get yeah, out of skin sure. and Me see too. how it works because it, yeah, it does. seems magical. Cool. Next up, we have managing job workflows with Venture. Venture is a package to help you build and manage complex asynchronous workflows in your Laravel applications. An example from the documentation illustrates a workflow defined with publishing a podcast. So you'd call the workflow facade colon colon new and you would give the the workflow a name publish new podcast and then you add a series of jobs to it add process podcast add optimize podcast add publish podcast on transistor fm and then pro and then uh, say that it relies on process podcast and optimize podcast so those two have to finish before you can publish the podcast at the heart of the package is the workflow step trait that you will need to add to the jobs to use within a workflow the trait enables venture to track jobs dependencies and other dependent jobs Another neat feature that is provided by this package is performing an action after a workflow has finished. So you can do add job and then chain on the then method and that will receive, uh, sorry, that has a callback as a function or as a parameter that receives a workflow uh, passed into that and it gets called once every job in the workflow has been finished and then gets passed the workflow instance. Uh, So if this is something that you need to, to do in your applications if you want to put together workflows this would have been so useful to me when i was working at you know my last job where we were doing this kind of publishing workflows for uh, transcoding video files it also helps to deal with failure in workflow failed steps and things like canceling the workflow you can learn more about the package get full installation instructions and view the source code at github slash uh, github.com slash k sasnovsky slash venture so I, I love the, the sound of this. I wish I had it. Yeah, I, we <laughs> actually have been using, oh my gosh, how can I not remember the name of this team? Jesse Shutt works for these guys. Be Nice, Do Good. What's the name of that? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the company. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's like right there. Here. Anyway, they've got they've got a simple um, workflow step, sort of like this as well. They've got a really good blog post for it. We've been using it for the last couple months maybe. And it has changed 
I mean, we it's it's almost mm-hmm. it looks very similar to this, and it has really been yeah. super helpful. Zangle. Super helpful. Instead of like a single class with a bunch of methods that all kind of describe each one of these steps, you have these little tiny classes uh, that are all really nice and testable, and you can just do 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 and it it uh, you know it's nothing that you probably couldn't do already with like a um, pipeline, but it's just mm-hmm. a little bit nicer version of a pipeline. So anyway, looks good. Looks good. So there we go. Livewire charts. So Livewire charts is a package by Andreas Santabanez, our good friend, for creating new uh, neat charts using Livewire in Laravel. So this got a lot of attention. I know that when he put it out there, it kind of blew up. So this is pretty cool. So Livewire charts 1.0. So if you ever use Alpine, uh, I'm sorry, not Alpine, Apex charts. Uh, which I think I have used it before. This kind of wraps up Laravel Livewire plus AlpineJS mm-hmm. plus Apex charts to make it really simple to add these charts to your project with your tall stack. So we've got he's got a repo out there with some uh, demos and examples. But I know Caleb seemed really keen on this as well, seemed really excited about it. There's some examples in the blog post here we have for how simple it is to add these. So you can say uh, new column chart model. And this is all in, in PHP, of course. And then set title, add column, add column, right? You can add the, um, it has just, uh, you know, some little, it's a really beautiful API. The What would you have for the column like header and then the value and then the colors? So it seems really simple, mm-hmm. really customizable and very yep. easy to use. So nice job on that, Andreas. Way to go. And check that out if you're looking for adding charts to your tall stack project. Absolutely. I certainly will be doing that because I will be adding charts to yeah, my tall project. Same. Next up, the ability to generate and extract random data with a package called RandoPHP by Roberto Butti implements random generators for integers, characters, bytes, etc., and takes random samples from arrays. The package can be broken down into two distinct types of operations, generating things and drawing things from existing arrays. RandoPHP provides a fluent interface to generate integers, dates, floats, and so on and so forth to help you generate data. Secondly, you can draw random stuff from existing arrays using the draw class. So if you were to have a collection of things that you wanted to draw some random data from, you could pass that in there. The examples in the article were taken from the project's readme which has full details on usage, which you can view source code for on GitHub. We will have links to all of that in the show notes. I'm, I'm looking at this because I, I, I was, as you're reading this, I know I read this earlier this week, but I'm trying to figure out, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. Where would we use this, Michael? Where would I end up using this? Uh, if you wanted to take some samples from existing arrays, if you needed to generate some random numbers or random sequences, I think it's hard, it's hard to say, right? I would suggest, and Roberto can uh, take it or leave it, I would put something in here about why you would use this package over something That's like Faker. That's what I'm wondering. Faker. Yeah. I'm, not saying, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't use this package over Faker. I'm suggesting that it would be good to kind of draw the line there and figure out mm-hmm. why one is better. Yeah, than it looks like looks there are some different things that it can do, right? Like these sequences that it's talking about are interesting, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then you also, in this case, can say, hey, go ahead and allow duplicates in this list that I'm generating, this this random sequence that I'm doing. So there yeah. are some differences here, but I, I think you're right. Like, I think it would be helpful to know, hey, here's what Faker does and here's why this is different and when you might use it. Because it's not too often that I end up needing random data in my actual production mm-hmm. application, right? A lot yeah. of times in tests. But yeah, what is the difference and when would I use one over the other? Okay, let's move on here. It's definitely yes. the first question I had, and it's, I'm sure, a question that everyone else will have. So yeah. take it or leave it. But um, that would be some something Absolutely. good to put into the readme. Hey, there is a uh, 
really cool package that we have out here that has been created with Laravel Zero. Shout out Nuno Maduro. So it's called Laravel Packer, and it's a command line tool by Sathak Srivastava. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, Sathak. Uh, for speeding up your package creation. So you can use all your artists and commands while you create a Laravel package. I don't know if you've ever been in this spot where you're like, oh, how am I going to do this package again? Like, let me go copy Spassy Skeleton for a package again, right? <laughs> We're all, we've all been there. But you can use all the artists and commands while you create a Laravel package with this and create CRUD for m- new models that you create in your packages, such as like controllers and models uh, to create new package. And then you can then use Packer. So it's just P-A-C-K-R is the name of it, Packer. And then you can name the package, uh, give it your vendor, the author, your author email. You just start with that and it creates all the composer.json stuff for you. Uh, And then as you develop your your package, of course, you can use all the things that you would normally use uh, straight in your Laravel app, such as make controller, make model, et cetera, et cetera. It's built on Laravel Zero and you can find detailed tutorials about all this on a YouTube playlist, which will be published along with the blog post. So check that out. Like I said, I've definitely been in this boat before where I'm like, oh man, how do I start a package? I always feel like I, when I get to it, it's like I don't do it often enough that I have a really great workflow for it. But to have mm-hmm. a tool like this where I can just like, oh, I'll just yeah. download that tool and it'll handle it all for me. Really, really nice. That's awesome. Okay. Hey, you know what? Honestly, I think that's actually all we got today. I think that's all of it. That's all yeah, the things. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Uh, thank you again also to our Mastering Nova course, which was sponsoring the show today. Bruno, big shout out. Go to masteringnova.com to check that out and get your 40% off. And thanks again for listening to the show, episode 130. If you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate it up in your podcast or source choice. Five stars would be much appreciated. If you have questions for us, feel free to reach out on Twitter at Michael Dorinda, at Jacob Bennett, or at Laravel News. So none of those for this episode can be found at podcast.laravel-news slash 130. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye, all.